Welcome to the Insurance Marketing Organization Podcast, where financial services marketing expert Seth Green interviews IMO experts, executives, and top producers to share can't-miss tips on how they successfully manage their IMOs, grow their businesses, create great relationships, and influence the industry. And now, here's your host, Seth Green. Welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to be joined by Trey Taylor, the CEO of Trinity Blue. Trey, thanks so much for joining us. Seth, thanks for having me. Good to see you, man. Good to see you. Let's go back in time a little bit. How did you get started? Uh, so in this business, I actually, uh, um, about uh, five years ago, decided to take the expertise that I had had from taking over my own family business about 15 years ago and sort of put that into uh, a coaching program you know, for other CEOs who either were coming into it for the first time or were sort of reaching that point that they needed a refresh and a reestablishment of what their goals were as a CEO. So we decided to put that into sort of a coaching and education company about five years ago. Awesome. Well, congratulations on that. I'm sure the longer version of that story could be in a book somewhere. Let's, it could be. It could be. Um, so talk a little bit before we get into that. Let's talk a little bit about the Taylor Insurance, the, the finance the side of it. Yeah. So it's a 55 year old company that we've uh, owned as a family. Uh, it's, it's one of our core sort of investments, the crown jewel of our investments today. We add to that, of course, by growing it organically, but also through M&A. So, uh, you know, long-term business, uh, something that we're very proud of, something that, uh, that generates a lot of opportunity for us to do some other things as well. And uh, yeah, real proud to be a part of that uh, third generation business. Only 9% of businesses in the country get to the third generation. I was going to say that I was going to quote a different statistic, which is, you know, from shirt sleeves to shirt sleeves in three generations. So that's (laughs) awesome that you've beaten the odds. That's incredible. Um, For our folks watching or listening, you know, just real quick, what do you think has allowed you to sustain it across multiple generations? I think each of us know the shirt sleeves to shirt sleeves, uh, analogy. And I have to tell you, that's a real driver for us that, uh, you know, that we begin uh, every day thinking, how do we prevent, uh, you know, sort of that disaster sweeping everything out, uh, out to sea. Most people don't fail. I don't think that 91% in the third generation necessarily fail. I think there's a lot of ac- acquisition that takes yep, place I'm sure. in that, in that place. And of course, that's something that, you know, we get approached like everybody does a lot of times for that, but uh, we've sort of made the determination that, uh, that we think we've got another generation in us. And so we're going we're gonna to run it until, uh, until something uh, better comes along, I guess. Absolutely. All right. So then how did that spin off into Trinity Blue? So, um, uh, you know, largely I began to realize that, uh, you know, being a single CEO in a business that needed a lot more management uh, than a single person could could have was of interest. And so I, we put together a really strong management team in Taylor Insurance. And one of the things in training those managers and teaching them how to, how to, um, to run the business and that sort of thing became a lot of the material that we then exported to other insurance agencies initially. But we now have clients in about 15 different industries because the skills themselves are transferable, they're teachable, uh, they're digestible for people. And uh, and largely unavailable in this, you know, sort of easy to uh, to take in concept 
in a lot of other places. And I know that because when I took the job as a CEO, I, be, I Googled the first thing, how do you be a CEO? You know, Because it came to me very unexpectedly and I couldn't find the job description. And so that's what I set out to do was the first to write a book that was the job description for a CEO and then to teach others how to, how to do that work at the proper perspective level. So that is absolutely fascinating. So you wrote the, you learned how to fly the airplane in the air, essentially. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, before you had to land it and we've all been there. And then you decided to document the process, which is phenomenal. And there are probably some amazing lessons you've learned. What inspired you? What gave you the idea to start writing it down? Well, like most great ideas, I think it was fear-based. I mean, I was really concerned that if I stepped away or got hit by a bus or something of that nature, you know, when you've had a CEO come in, I, I came in the unexpected loss of my father. He was 52 years of age. He passed from what we now know was COVID, which we had no idea it was called that in 2005. Uh, you know, and I came into it and it was a shaky thing, but we were able to sort of get through it. Uh, the person taking over from me, I wanted to have better resources to start from than what I started from. So it, it started as an internal sort of document, an internal plan. I even did some videos associated with it with everybody in the organization, you know, sort of uh, giving their opinions on this is what I think the CEO should be doing. And this is how CEOs help us do our daily jobs the best and all of that sort of thing. And then I had friends in, in various mastermind relationships and that sort of thing say, hey, I would love to learn that. I would love to have a succession plan. I need that information for myself. So that's where I began to see that, hey, there's a, there's a broader audience than just my successor for this. And then how did that spin off into, I mean, you've gone so far beyond just writing it down and actually turning it into a physical published book in terms of courses and speaking and consulting, kind of how did that grow and evolve? Yeah, the book absolutely helps. And people, you know, sort of are searching for that job description. They're searching for, you know, what is it that I'm supposed to do? Or they're searching for, I feel burnt out as a CEO. Like, what do I do to get my mojo back? And we get a lot of people from that. We get a lot of people from, uh, hey, I'm exiting as CEO and I want to hand this to the next generation, but I'm not confident they know what the job is. Can you come in and help from that standpoint? That got me on a lot of stages. And, you know, I just give the, the very easy to remember three things that a CEO is supposed to do. And it convicts a lot of people in the audience to say, oh, I'm doing way more than those three things. You know, it, it carries a momentum of its own. Uh, secondly, I had a really good publishing partner in, uh, in Scribe Media. Uh, you know, they really helped to show me that this is the path to do this and that sort of thing. Uh, very helpful. You can't, you can't um, underestimate the power of a good partnership with your publisher. Absolutely. And full disclosure, full transparency, we have a longstanding business relationship with Scribe, and we have many of their authors on our podcast that we produce. What are some of the biggest challenges that your, the CEOs um, who go through your programs are facing, and how is your program helping them solve that problem? Yeah, the, um, the biggest challenge every CEO faces in, in any organization, and we've worked with organizations, you know, with as many as a thousand employees down to as, as few as three or four or five, uh, is the CEO is involved in way too many things that they don't bring value to. Uh, and they are in those things because they want to uh, make sure that, you know, that the project or the initiative or what have you benefits from the highest level of thinking. But it's a, it's a conundrum. It's really... Uh, not the way that uh, things sort of turn out when you put your hands in things that you're not supposed to be in. 
So a lot of the work that we do is to encourage CEOs to delegate, uh, which is you know not a novel uh, recommendation by any means, but we have a very uh, strong accountability process built in to what we do to make sure that the person that you delegate to can do the work, is allowed to do the work. Uh, and if they can't or don't, then we have a good recruiting process where we find somebody that does that uh, for them as well. That is absolutely fascinating. With all of the ups and downs you've been through and the success you've been able to achieve in all of these other ventures, I mean, what's your biggest challenge now? Our biggest challenge, like so many other people right now, is finding the right people, uh, retaining people. I mean, we're in the middle of this, uh, the great resignation, they call it, you know, and uh, it's kind of funny because when we produced the book last year, when we sort of first published it in November of last year, um, you know, you didn't hear a lot of people talking about retention. You heard recruiting, but not retention. And it's a huge part of our culture and the culture that we want to take to other people that you should, uh, you know, you should be using love as a verb every single day for your team. And, uh, and, and knock on wood, we have not fallen victim at all to the great resignation because we've built a culture that people want to be in. They're empowered to do their highest and best work, and they know that they have an impact on the lives of people. Your passion is obvious. What do you like yeah. best about what you're doing? I love the working with the people. I love the fact that I've got a management team that has, you know, collectively a lot of experience in their business. But, uh, and this is any client that I work in, they all have a lot of experience and a lot of success, but being able to sort of reignite that passion and being able to teach them the things that they were never allowed to take time to learn, which is that art of management of other people is, is a real joy. And, and the greatest thing is when you see the light bulbs go off in the eyes of your clients to say, oh, I don't have to own every single detail of everything. And as a matter of fact, if I don't, the results might even be better and I can be okay with that. That's a real whole person philosophy that, uh, that's a great, uh, just a great blessing for me to witness. That is awesome. Speaking of whole person philosophy, uh, what do you do for fun? What do you do outside work? Uh, my wife and I do a lot of wine stuff. Uh, so we've produced some wines uh, in, uh, in California and Oregon and uh, Bordeaux as well. So uh, we're quite, uh, we're not snobby wine people, but uh, we know what we like and uh, that's what we love to do. And then uh, personally, I'm getting my uh, personal pilot's license uh, over the past about four months. So I should be done with that in the next uh, 60 days. Well, congratulations in advance on that. That yeah, sounds like you. a lot of fun. What advice would you give? I mean, you literally wrote the book. So you've got a new CEO. Hey, maybe they didn't suffer a loss to get there. Maybe they didn't have to go through what you went through, but the mantle has been thrust upon them. Now, how do you start that conversation? What's the first place you start? Yeah. Every single time we start with the uh, concept that you have to understand yourself before you can understand anybody else. We're created in three dimensions, an intellectual and emotional and an identificational dimension. We overvalue the intellectual, we undervalue the emotional, and we pay no attention whatsoever to the identificational. And so we go through a process where we, where we help the CEO sort of make some definitions inside their own lives as far as those dimensions so that they can then understand how they affect other people. That's the first uh, sort of module if we modulize it. Second thing is we have to articulate the values so that we can build a culture around those values. That sounds like a great place to start. For our folks watching and listening, where is the best place for them to go to get a copy of the book? Please tell them the title and where to get it. 
And then where do we go to learn more about you and Trinity? Yeah, absolutely. So I appreciate you uh, allowing that. A CEO only does three things is the name of the book, Finding Your Focus in the C-Suite. Those three things are culture, people, and numbers, but you still have to buy the book to understand uh, how those things interrelate to one another. A CEO only does three things.com. You can get uh, autographed copies of the book there. It's on Amazon. And Seth, I'm pleased to tell you, this is the first venue that I've uh, shared this. The Audible book has now launched as well. We've, uh, we're in uh, pre-launch for that right now. So it's available on Audible. Uh, pleased to have people uh, download that. They have to listen to me read it, but uh, be that as it may, it's available now as well. And then if anybody was interested, uh, you could check me out at uh, trey-taylor.com or trinity-blue.com. All right. Awesome. Well, you know, we can't all get Morgan Freeman to be the voice of our books now, can we? <laughs> so true. congratulations on all of that. This has been Seth Green with Trey Taylor. Trey, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Seth. Thanks for having me. Thanks, everybody, for watching or listening. We will talk to you or see you next time.